Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line from Denmark today is the Minister for Development Cooperation of Denmark, Ulla Tornes. She is a member of the Liberal Party. She has previously served as Minister for Science, Technology, Information and Higher Education. She was Minister for Development of Cooperation from February 2005 to February 2010 previously. She was also Minister for Education and she was a member of the Danish Parliament for 20 years from 1994 through to 2014. She was a member of the European Parliament for the Liberal Party from July 2014 to February 2016. She is also a ministerial champion of She Decides, which is a global movement for women and girls to safely exercise their rights to decide what they want to do with their bodies. Welcome to the show, Minister. Thank you very much. Thank you. Minister, to start off with, the introduction that I just gave maps out aspects of your career in politics. Can you please share with us what influenced your decision to enter the political arena? Oh, this is really hard to point at one single thing that paved my way to politics. But uh, I'm born in a politically active family. Uh, And, of course, I'm influenced by the fact that different political issues have always been discussed at the dinner table or in my family. So I think I have been, uh, how can I say, influenced by my my childhood and uh, my family. But what actually was the most or what I can point as is that I know that you can have a voice if you enter into politics, and I also know that you can have influence uh, when you enter into politics. So I, I was running for candidate, and uh, I was uh, so happy to be elected for parliament at the age of 32. So this was, in one way or the other, my way to join uh, Danish national politics. I was before this active in uh, international youth politics. Um, I was a vice president of uh, the International Federation of uh, Liberal Youth. So I was involved in a lot of different youth activities, both at national and international level. So it was a case of joining the family business, as it were. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't really call it a family business, but, but you know, very often lawyers, sons and daughters, uh, they, they tend to follow uh, the line of, of the father or the mother, and, and this happened also to be the case uh, for me. Uh, my father was also a politician, and, and politics, uh, and especially politics of the Liberal Party, has always uh, meant a lot to my family, but it's not so that I have uh, heritated uh, um, the position, not at all. (laughs) But I think, as you said, some of those aspects are that you know that you've got a voice if you enter into politics and also the influence. So being able to manifest an intention and see a difference and a change in the world. Mm. You mentioned that prior to your um, election at, at 32, you were actively involved in youth politics at a local level as well as an international level. Can you tell us a little bit of the highlights in your journey so far? 
When I was involved in international youth politics, it happens to be during um, uh, the Cold War, (laughs) uh, where Europe was divided with a wall. uh, And in 89, when I was vice president of the Liberal Federation of, of Youth, the wall was teared down by the people um, in, in, in Germany and in Europe. And this was really a milestone in my, how can I say, political journey uh, that showed me then that when we work together for a common goal, we can also achieve this goal. Uh, and the people of Germany, together with Europe as such, we wanted a one Uh, and common Europe that could work together. And we managed to reach this in 1989. Um, This seems to be so long time ago, but uh, it was when I was uh, young and was part of the youth political movements uh, in Europe. And you've been involved in several movements as as we go across, and we'll enter that into the discussion a, a little bit later. Looking at Denmark in particular, it's well known for aid programs across Africa. Can you tell us about some of the development programs that your country is currently involved in concerning Africa and also if there are any specific programs which have been structured around women's development? We have a lot of different uh, initiatives and projects structured around uh, women's and empowerment of women uh, because this is agenda, it's uh, it's an issue that is uh, very close to my heart, uh, and I and I think it's uh, because I have the privilege of having the right to decide over my own life, and by this also the possibility of uh, doing what I really, I mean, feel like doing. I, I, in my country, do not experience any differences between men and women in terms of rights or in terms of possibilities. And when I, the first time, became uh, Minister for Development Cooperation back in 2005, I very quickly experienced that the privilege that I'm uh, having is not the case for uh, millions of women and girls around the world. So I decided that I would fight for the women and girls that do not share the same rights as I to make sure that their voices are heard. And, and I, I have access to both the UN and other political forums and where this should be said. So I decided that this is a key priority in Danish Development Corporation to express the voice of the millions of women and girls who do not have access to express their voices where it should be heard at the highest political level. So this means that in uh, the implementation of Danish Development Corporation, we have a strong focus on empowerment of women, both from a right-based perspective, but also from an economic perspective, because all analysis shows us that it makes good sense. It's good economic empowerment uh, of not just women when we work with women, but of whole societies. So a lot of different projects across the African continent is focusing on girls and women, and it's being from both access to primary school for girls and to make sure that the girls are also continuing in school and are staying in school 
uh, as well as uh, as economic empowerment in terms of access to um, microcredits or others. And I've had the possibility and the privilege to visit uh, many different projects where uh, Denmark, with uh, sometimes a very small contribution, can make a, a huge difference for, for the women uh, that we are partnering with. So the key elements are education, which is bringing in youth, ensuring that they've got the skills, that they are literate. Mm. And then the second component is about access to finance and helping them drive through on an economic level to sustain their businesses. This is just to mention two important issues. Education is a very important priority, not just for Denmark, but for other partners as well. And and when I visit African families that we work together with, they always mention that education, education of my children is absolutely key. It's one of the most important things that we make sure that there is access to education for the, for for the children and especially that we make sure that the girls, that they stay in school. And education is one thing that cannot be taken away from anyone. Once you have it, you have it. Mm. And the exactly. the importance of, of staying in school is also, you know, that, that leads me to an, another point of conversation and that's about increased access to facilities of abolition facilities so ensuring that girls have got the right sanitary measures because that's often Mm. one of the biggest issues that when they're menstruating when they are in rural schools or schools that don't have adequate facilities they simply don't attend Mm. but this i mean being a woman myself I perfectly understand if you do not have access to good sanitary uh, facilities I mean you 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 hide away and and by this you do not get access to the uh, education that you need or you do not get access to the uh, different social activities that is of course uh, is important so so access to 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 sanitary facilities as well as access to uh, fl- family planning is uh, is another key issue uh, in our uh, development cooperation access to family planning is as i see it getting more and more important uh, with things going on around us uh, it's important for me to underline that uh, the right for women and girls to decide over their own body is uh, very important. And whilst we're on the topic of family planning, I recall from 2016 that Women Deliver hosted the world's largest conference on health rights and well-being of girls and women in the last decade, and that took place in Copenhagen in Denmark. And Denmark has been an avid supporter of the She Decides movement, and you yourself are are one of the ministerial champions in this initiative. And I must say, from a South African perspective, we were privileged that the movement celebrated its first year anniversary here a few weeks ago. So firstly, could you share with our listeners what the She Decides movement is all about? 
what is the Seedicides movement about? Yeah, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a movement that first of all is a strong political voice that express views uh, that women's rights are basic human rights and and therefore women's rights should of course be respected and this means that that girls and women should have the right to decide over their own body this means they should decide when they want to have sex with whom they want to have sex and by this also when they want to have children and 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 how many uh, children they want to have uh, and to make sure that a woman have uh, possibilities of of contributing to uh, the economic development in her society, it makes a huge difference whether you are getting pregnant at the age of uh, 12, 14, 16 years without finishing your school, or you uh, get pregnant at the age of maybe 18, 20 or, or, or even older. Uh, of course, it makes a difference of your possibilities of contributing to the economic uh, development. So, so, so I'm absolutely in favor of making sure that uh, women and girls do have access to uh, contraception so that they can protect themselves uh, against unwanted pregnancies. Uh, so, so this is what the Seedicides movement is about. It's about a strong political voice, making sure that the rights of the women and girls are respected, and 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 then to make sure that there is access uh, to family planning. And the last thing has become very important because uh, the Trump administration in the U.S. has withdrawn um, their uh, economic contributions to family planning. They have banned. Uh, organizations uh, that work with uh, family planning. So this means that uh, partners that believe that women's rights are basic human rights, uh, we try to stay together in the Seedicides movement, uh, uh, wanting uh, the partners that agree with what I've just said to try to fill the gap that the U.S. is, uh, is, is leaving to make sure that the 212 million women around the world who do not have access to family planning or contraception, that they are not left behind. 212 million women. That is an Mm. enormous quantity that would be destitute in some ways if they don't have access to family planning. And I understand that last year there was a a target um, to make up the deficit of the U.S. funding being depleted of around about 600 million U.S. dollars. Is that still the case that needs to be made up? This we are, of course, heading for. But I personally believe that uh, the strong political voice is is very important. We have just had the conference on status of women at the UN in New York. And uh, it's very important that we stay together so that that the outcome document is having a strong text on issues uh, related to sexual and reproductive health and rights. So the strong political voice that the Sea Decides movement uh, is 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 uh, is constituting is 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 very important. As well is of course our efforts to try to fill the, the financing gap that the, the U.S. administration have has left. 
But this is, of course, um, not easy, uh, and and it is also being discussed how big this gap actually is, and 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 some are mentioning uh, amounts like nine billion U.S. dollars, uh, and 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 this is, of course, it it, it just shows how important this is, and. It, for me, also shows that it was a very sad decision that was taken by the U.S. administration. I agree with you there. Uh, you'd mentioned the strong political voice being developed out of the She Decides movement. I think political voice is one thing, but how can the public take some responsibility? How can they help push the movement forward? Because... That just offers another dynamic where people have gotten opportunities to own some of the responsibility. If you agree with uh, the C decides movement's uh, uh, idea that, uh, of course, women's rights are basic human rights and they should be respected, and therefore we are fighting for women to have access to family planning, and uh, we are also fighting against early marriages and and so on and so forth. And if you, as an individual, agree with this, you can go on the website, on the Sea Decides uh, uh, website, and you can sign the manifesto. Um, more than 40,000 individuals uh, have done this uh, so far. And the more uh, people signing the manifesto, the stronger political voice we actually can express when, when, when there is a need for a strong political voice to be expressed at the UN, for example. Thanks for informing us on how the public can be involved. And we will definitely put notes and alerts on the, the Twitter posts and social media of the She Decides mm. uh, various uh, URLs and, and handles. Thank you for this. This is, this is very important. I mean, when we work together and when we uh, stay together uh, expressing these views, I think we can move forward in the fight for the millions of women who do not share the, the same rights as, as I'm privileged to share. Well, in a way, I'm, I'm reminiscing on what you said uh, from being with the, the Berlin Wall uh, during the Cold War mm-hmm. on how to mm-hmm. bring partners together for uh, mm-hmm. an ideology mm-hmm. which everyone shares and to try and spread that word. Today, we're talking to the Minister for Development Cooperation of Denmark, Ulna Tornes. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. In the previous segment of the conversation, Minister shared some of her history, her journey into politics. We also spoke about some of the elements uh, concerning Denmark's aid to various countries with a strong emphasis on education and helping to finance women in developed markets. And lastly, we spoke about the She Decides movement, which is ultimately a significant venture in terms of family planning on a global scale with the philosophy of women's rights or human rights. And Minister Tornes also spoke about the opportunity for the public to get involved by signing the She Decides manifesto. Minister Tornes, when we last left off, we were talking about finance and Due to the fact that this program is all about gender equality and women's empowerment is increasingly a global focus, 
You were a member of the World Bank's Group Advisory Council on Women's Economic Empowerment, which provides a guidance on this important subject and also on the implementation of gender equality as smart economics. Can you briefly tell us a little bit more about the council, what it aims to achieve, uh, what have been some of its successes? The, the council is a fantastic opportunity for me as, uh, as Minister for Development Cooperation to try to influence one of our bigger partner in development cooperation, namely the World Bank. And I'm trying to share my experiences on what we're working with in the field. And uh, so it's a, it's a sharing of, uh, of experiences as well as it is a very, very good uh, platform for networking uh, for me and 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 then um, yeah as I said to 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 influence uh, the different uh, programs in the World Bank to make sure that the World Bank is uh, is always uh, having a, a strong focus on uh, gender equality and uh, empowerment of women and now and then we managed to also set up specific uh, facilities targeted women as the new uh, facility, the, the WeFi, uh, which is about uh, women um, entrepreneurs, what the World Bank can do to support uh, women entrepreneurs in, in, in the developing countries to make sure that they have access to financing and to make sure that they also have access to counseling and, and coaching uh, so that uh, their ideas uh, can hopefully fly and become uh, big businesses and create jobs and uh, possibilities for their societies. When you talk about financing, is that access to almost a fund that is developed and contributed to by the World Bank, or is this funding in local markets? It can be both. The, the WeFi is about access to capital, uh, to, to uh, banking, to make sure that the projects are bankable. Uh, and and uh, we all know that it is in some countries it's it's not possible for for female entrepreneurs to to go to the bank and and uh, and get a loan. So it's I mean it's 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 both uh, we're working with both both at the the smaller scale like access to microfinance, but but the WeFi is 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 more. Uh, how do we get access to capital uh, to make sure that the project is uh, bankable? We also work uh, along the same line with uh, the African Development Bank uh, that, that, that is also very much aware of the fact that um, many female entrepreneurs, they have difficulties in, in, in getting finance uh, or financing their, their investments. And how would women apply to access the funding or to look at the components of, of coaching and counselling? Um, to become a part of the WeFi, uh, to, to apply for the WeFi, um, I am not quite sure the way through, but if there should be someone uh, listening, I, I would just recommend to, to go on the World Bank's uh, website and, and look for the WeFi uh, which is a specific program for uh, uh, female entrepreneurs. 
And given all of your experiences to date, um, a lot has been focused within the, the woman empowerment space. What would you say are the biggest challenges that women still face today? The biggest challenge that uh, women are facing is, as I see it, uh, the respect or the lack of respect of uh, basic human rights like uh, the right uh, sexual and reproductive health and rights, which are uh, not respected. Uh, And this means that uh, women do not have uh, the possibilities of uh, being part of the of um, the economic uh, contribution uh, to their society. So, so I think the, the biggest challenge that women are, are facing is uh, lack of respect of the, what I would call uh, basic human rights. And this is um, anchored in uh, tradition, um, uh, culture, uh, and, and, and this is why it's... Uh, it's hard work to try to change this. In in some countries, or in in most countries, female genital mutilation is uh, is prohibited. Uh, it's not legal uh, to cut the um, the girls. But we still see many families, due to tradition, that they want to uh, to to cut their uh, girls, uh, and uh, and this is what I would call anchored in uh, culture and tradition, and this makes it very hard to change. It's interesting you mentioned human rights because South Africa has just celebrated its Human Rights Day on the 21st of March. And for me, it's it's about remembering the elements that have gone before and how we can be progressive in terms of our development, how we can respect one another and also an opportunity where, as you said, there are cultures, there are beliefs, but they may no longer be relevant in the present day. And our life is about moving forwards for progress. So from a progression perspective, what areas do you think we need to build on the most to benefit women optimally in the future? As I, as Minister for Development Corporation, I would, I would say, I would get back to education. Education is absolutely key. It's, it's, it's make, it makes a huge difference for a girl uh, if she has the possibility to, to stay in school and, and uh, to make sure that she's not getting pregnant uh, and have to leave school uh, unfinished. Um, so, so I would say education and access to um, family planning um, is key, as I see it, as well as uh, also uh, access to comprehensive sexuality education, which is a huge challenge in many parts of Africa. Where, how should you avoid getting unwanted pregnant if you do not know how you get pregnant? to 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 say it very clearly <laughs> yes um that that's a, a completely different mm-hmm. challenge uh, we and i think that's part of the, the the issues that when you look at education from one lens, lens there are some things which you automatically assume that people know and if they mm-hmm. don't know it's actually not their fault for making the wrong choices mm-hmm. they're just completely unaware mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Minister, now turning to, I guess, a, a slightly different slant, and this is a question that I'd like to ask you because of your political background. I look at this as as a bit of a, a polarization with, with Africa. And one is regarding female representation in parliament in third world countries. It's actually much lower in some first world countries. When I've looked at statistics from the Interparliamentary Union, it shows that countries like the USA are ranked 100th, United Kingdom 39th, Germany 45th, Denmark is 22nd, and African countries like Rwanda and South Africa hold first and seventh positions. Uh, Senegal is ninth and Namibia is 11th in the world. And this data makes me question firstly how the low representation of women in first world countries as one aspect and also leads to a conclusion that perhaps the roots of female discrimination in society go beyond wealth or poverty. What's your opinion on this? And do you think we will ever get to a point of 50-50 representation? Um, I would never claim that we are ideal <laughs> in my country, but but we still have efforts to do. We still have, uh, I mean, we also need to develop in many areas and uh, and. Uh, but 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 what is so important for me is that there is no discrimination because of sex. Um, what is important is that we have equal opportunities, equal possibilities, and I believe that we have this in my country. There can be different reasons for us having just. 22% of female um, uh, members of parliament at the moment but but it is not so that uh, it could not have been different uh, if you understand what what I'm trying to say um in to become a member of of parliament in an african country is can be a struggle because of your sex Whereas in my country, it's a struggle due to other reasons, <laughs> not because of your sex. Uh, so, so, so it's the um, the discrimination uh, of sexes that is the matter for me. And as I know, it is difficult for uh, women to be. Uh, it is more difficult uh, for for women to be elected to parliament in some African countries uh, than it is for the men in in the same countries. This is what I've learned uh, discussing with many uh, parts of of different African countries, whereas in in my country uh, the possibilities are not related to uh, your sex. So when we look at Denmark and also some of the other Nordic countries, they're very well known in terms of their lack of discrimination, which is obviously in women's favor, that by having ruling out discrimination, it means that you are accessible to equal opportunities and and possibilities. Minister, we are running out of time, and I'd like to ask you a couple of sort of personal questions. Uh, one that 
I ask all my guests on this program who've made tremendous achievements in their respective fields, and that is about some of the factors that they consider have contributed to their success. So some people speak about the hard work that they've invested. Others talk about perseverance. In your opinion, what have been some of the key drivers to your success? I would say I would say strong support from uh, my family has been absolutely key. I'm the mother of three daughters, uh, and they have supported me all the way through, as well as my husband. Even though I've been a lot away from home uh, due to uh, my work, uh, but but they have always supported me, as well as my uh, parents. Uh, they've supported me in. In, in this very uh, fantastic uh, journey and I feel very privileged that uh, I've had the possibilities of doing all this. Uh, so, so I would say my family and, and then uh, I would also uh, mention um, a teacher in my primary school that um, the whole way through always said trust on you, trust on you, uh, that I should be self-confident and that I should just go for it. <laughs> so, so she gave me uh, the strength to make sure that, uh, that I would stand up, speak up uh, and, and act. Um, this was what uh, she gave me uh, from my primary school. It's wonderful to have such a strong influence in your yeah. formative years. Can you tell us about some of the pivotal moments in your life growing up? Um, what influenced you? Um, what influenced me? I will get back to my family. Um, when I became mother, of course, this, uh, this is always uh, uh, a, a very big moment in one's, in one's life. Uh, so so my, my family is really, how can I say, my, my point of departure, my platform. My, it's where I uh, get the energy. It's where I get uh, uh, the, um, how can I say, the silent moments to, to rethink and, and, and uh, yeah, to also sometimes recover. <laughs> yes. So they're the grounding base yes. that you always mm. go, go back to and mm. rejuvenate mm. from. What would you say has been the best lesson that you've learned? The best lessons that I've learned um, is that you should uh, always be um, true to yourself. Um, follow uh, what you think is uh, the right way. Uh, and uh, you cannot always uh, agree with uh, everybody. You will get criticism, but uh, that is necessary to uh, to reach you what you think is is the right goals. So so uh, trust in um, or, or, or uh, true uh, towards your own ideas and visions. That reminds me of what you said earlier about trust on you. Yeah. And lastly, as we close out the conversation today, could you please share a few words of wisdom or inspiration which you'd like to share with young women listening to us today? Um, I would like 
very much to use this opportunity to 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 really as 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 strong as I can express that uh, I'm ready to fight uh, for uh, the millions of girls and women uh, around the world who are not as privileged as I am and who do not have the same possibilities as I have. Uh, and 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 this I feel very unjust, and and uh, therefore I'm ready to uh, fight on uh, their behalf uh, and and use the possibilities that I have as a politician uh, to uh, fight for them, uh, so that they hopefully one day is uh, having the same rights and by this also the same possibilities as uh, I'm privileged to, 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 to have. So if I can just uh, uh, use this uh, very uh, great moment to express this uh, and, and, and uh, to make sure that, uh, that really from the bottom of my heart I'm ready to, 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 to fight for for the millions of women and girls around the world who uh, is not as privileged as I am. Thank you, Minister. That is so important. It is more than 50% of our global population that um, are, are looking to you to ensure that we manage to achieve equal rights and remember that women's rights are human rights. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on our show today. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to the Minister for Development Cooperation of Denmark, Ulla Tornes.